Welcome to Dietitian Boss. My name is Libby Rothschild. I'm the CEO and founder of the Dietitian Boss Method. Our company is here to help you get started in private practice even before you think you're ready. I've created a proprietary process to help you increase visibility, create organic content, enroll clients into an offer, and learn sales skills that don't even feel salesy. Listen every week to your colleagues as they're being interviewed, and we chat about their progress and success from when they got it started from zero to all the way to creating million-dollar businesses and beyond. Hello and welcome. I'm here today with our Director of Operations, Sarah, and we're excited to talk about hiring. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Libby. How are you? I'm good. This is, uh, you know, I put a poll up in our Instagram and this was a top requested topic. A lot of our uh, people in our community and our clients as well are looking to hire. And uh, this happens to be one of Sarah's specialties. So today we're going to break down a little bit of the basic 101 of what it means to hire, uh, when you should hire, when is a good time, what does that look like, and how to set you up with success along with telling some stories about our clients uh, to to really help you, motivate you um, to take action with when it comes to hiring. Um, Any any thoughts that you want to share about what this topic means or myths you want to dispel when it comes to hiring? Again, 101. So talking more basic concepts here, nothing too advanced. Yeah. Well, I think, I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily consider this a myth, but two things that I often see, two mistakes I see commonly made when somebody's never hired before is that they hire in a rush. If they get to where they just want help really fast, um, that's never a good idea. And uh, they want to hire the person that they really like. So they, you know, might do a few interviews and they're like, oh, this person's amazing. So those are kind of the two things to just keep in mind before you even start hiring is like, don't rush it. And just because you love the person and you'd be friends with them doesn't mean they're going to make the right, they're the right hire. I would uh, double down on both of those. I would say our clients struggle more with, um, they hire like too late. So because they hire too late, they end up hiring in a rush and hiring people they like. And I would also say a lot of that has to do with not probably following a process, like writing Mm -hmm. a job description. And uh, many of us dietitians weren't trained in this, like business management and um, how to, what this looks like. So it's understandable that this is all new. And that's why this is not my specialty. And this is why Sarah is a great compliment in this company. And this is something she really uh, is is great with, um, which is so wonderful because I, I don't expect to know everything in this company and being able to hire great compliments and, and people like Sarah um, is, is a fantastic way to give a better experience to our clients as well. Um, so with those two myths, uh, let's go over, I guess, three to five steps and experiences when it comes to hiring, let's say your first one to three people in your company. Mm-hmm. So when would a dietitian know that it's time to make that first hire, Sarah? How do you, what would you say from, from our clients? Yeah. So first of all, I don't want to give a specific time frame because I know that what might be what somebody's looking at is like, you know, three months in or six months in, it's going to be different for everybody as far as the actual amount of time that's gone by. But it's really when you're working the maximum amount of hours that you want to work um, and you can't really grow it and do anymore, you know, because we help our clients have to create their ideal schedule. That's something they do in the beginning is figure out what they want that schedule to look like. Mm-hmm. And once they're, they're working, if let's say it's 20 hours a week, once they're doing that and they just, 
they're not getting things done. They've got too much to do and they can't really grow the business anymore. They need to be bringing on a hire. Yeah. Um, so what I heard is that there needs to be clarity and time management and limits. So once you say, for example, a lot of clients in our executive level program want to work a, it's pretty typical that they want to work a 30 and then 20 hour work week. And in order for them to increase profits and live that flexible life and that schedule they want, whether they have kids or they don't, wherever position they're in in their life, we have a you know mixed variety of different clients that want different things in our executive program. And the beauty is that we help them individualize their goal setting. Once you're clear with looking at just a couple simple boundaries of upper limit working hours per week, then you know when is a good time to make that higher. Is that is that what I'm yeah. hearing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I would say, and I can speak for myself, that um, that's something that definitely was a struggle for me when I made the first several hires. Um, do you notice that it's difficult for a lot of dietitians to set that upper limit or to follow it? What would you say you see dietitians going south in our program the most? Uh, I would definitely say it's a challenge for them. I mean, I think what I see is they've not really defined their hours or their limits. And so then they are just you know, working however many hours they need to work. And then, um, if they'd been kind of, if they had set those limits then kind of be aware sooner, um, that they're at that limit and need to hire. Yep. And so, um, setting boundaries is something in, in the framework and the dietitian boss method. It's in the first module, uh, talking about mindset and setting boundaries of how many hours you're willing to dedicate per week towards starting your business and growing your business, even setting working hours. And it can be challenging and there can also be ebbs and flows. So there might be certain stages in your business where you work more or less, um, and setting those boundaries, not just in your work hours, but also with clients, um, and in your life is, is really important important and challenging, super challenging. Um, so th- thank you for sharing that. Cause I think that's, it's a great way to kick off this conversation, right? So we're, we're operating within the container of the upper limit, uh, hours that we want to set per week on average. And then that's hard. So we're just gonna yes. put that out there yes. <laughs> and, <it's, laughs> and having support with both time management, some tactical tips, which you're fantastic at, and then setting boundaries and, and setting those boundaries based on the strategy that you want to operate within a lot of our mm-hmm. clients. And um, let's say in our executive level, they have dietitians working under them, or some mm-hmm. of them don't, and they want to do a, uh, they, they really want to run and double down on a program that doesn't require a lot of service delivery memberships and whatnot. Um, then what they need to do is um, manage their time and just get really clear with what that strategy looks like. So they know like who to hire and when, but that's starting to get yeah. a little advanced. So to stick with some basics, uh, you mentioned that the first tip or the first tactic is the um, upper limit of hours. What's mm-hmm. next? Yeah. So after they've decided, after they've figured that, um, next it's figuring out what they need help with. So it's just creating a simple job description. It does not have to be fancy, um, but just you know, make a list of, of the tasks that uh, you no longer have time for. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to stop you right there. <laughs> Sarah, I talked to uh, entrepreneurs at all levels. Yeah. Maybe it's my circle, but people are not writing those job descriptions. And that is the biggest, uh, problem I see with hiring. It's not yeah. I have a lot of entrepreneur connections and they'll say something like, uh, do you know of a marketing manager? Right. And then like, and then I'll say like, do you have a job description? And I'm like, no, do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, it, I, it can, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is, you know, I was thinking back to different job descriptions I've seen. It could be a couple paragraphs. It could be very simple. Just saying, um, you know, maybe you have some administrative uh, tasks you need help with. And it could be, um, you know, I need somebody to help check emails. I need somebody to help with scheduling, um, scheduling with my calendar and uh, creating some graphics in Canva. You know, maybe that's the, the start. So it's just becoming aware of how you spend your time. And then making note of what those tasks and responsibilities are that you need to hit off. Otherwise, what's going to happen is I do understand it can be challenging for someone to create a job description. But if you say that you need to hire, but you can't identify what you need help with, you're never going to find, you're never going to be happy with anybody in that role because they're not going to have clarity on what they need to do. Yeah, this process is definitely, um, this has been very challenging for me personally. Um, These steps don't come naturally to me. Uh, So I can absolutely relate with anybody listening that says like, wow. Um, But at the same time, we're breaking it down for you. And it absolutely is possible. And it's okay if you make mistakes, just like anything. Um, With that being said, what I'm hearing is a recap to go down the list Number one, you want to set upper limits for work hours uh, so that you can operate within that container. Number two, you want to parse out what is it that you're doing that you want to um, offload and what is it that you're doing you want to keep. And then number three of the offloaded said tasks that you've documented, you want to create some type of a simple job description. A paragraph or two is fine at first to then be able to have something in writing for a person who could take on that role for the first few, you know, things you need done in the company. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Okay. So let's assume that we have some kind of a job description and and FYI in our program, we have templates and processes so that you can follow that. And um, that helps a lot with job descriptions. Um, But in your journey, let's assume that you're doing this on your own independently DIY style. What would be the next step after that, Sarah? So you've got the job description, you're clear with what you need to offload then what? So I would, we're keeping it simple. So I would just have it on like a Google doc, put the, the paragraphs on a Google doc. because you do need something that people can reference and then ask around for referrals, post it on social media um, and see who has, you know, has any interest in that, um, in that role. Uh, so since we are a company that promotes social media, and I just wrote an article was published in Forbes last week about social recruiting, mm-hmm. um, can we talk a little bit about the benefits of leveraging social that you found to yeah. hire staff members, whether we're not going to go into contractors versus employees, that'll be the 201, right. but yeah. for today, the purpose of today, can you go into the benefits of that that you've seen? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, the first benefit just because of, of my experience is there's so many um, groups on social media, just that are people looking for work. Um, so you can easily find Facebook groups or people on Instagram um, that need work. Uh, and so you're going to reach a lot larger audience than if you were just trying to, you know, maybe ask around your, your local network. Um, so you find people readily looking for, and because they're on social, they probably have experience with what you're looking for because they're already online and using some of the things that, that really they'll be doing within the, you know, the job. Yeah. So the way I broke it down, um, and, and a little 
just to, to go in a little more depth uh, with social recruiting, the three listicle or steps that I gave would be number one, uh, to build your social presence and to make sure your messaging is clear because there are a ton of people that are looking for work, as you said, but if somebody's looking to work with you, they want to know how you're different and unique from the next person. Yeah. So having a clear brand message um, and how you communicate yourself on social is important. So for all of you listening, obviously we talk about that at nauseum, right? That is what we do here at Dietitian Boss is talk about your messaging incorporated into your content strategy. So the more that you're unique and people are compelled to your message, they might want to work for you because what your company does is it represents something beyond them and people want to be involved and included with something that's special and important and has some level of connection. The second thing I would mention with social recruiting would be um, networking. And that's actually how I met you, Sarah, is I... Yep. Uh, met a business coach from uh, someone I refer, uh, connected with on social media, and she had recommended you to come in as an operations coach. And then you know you had uh, yep. filled the role as a director of operations, and I'm very grateful for that. And that was through networking from social media. And there's a lot of power to that. And then the third yeah. tip is actively looking through hashtags. So yeah. let's say you're looking for a virtual assistant or maybe something more specific that might be too big of a hashtag on Instagram. Uh, let's say content, uh, you're looking for someone to create graphics, Canva graphics, Canva, Canva design or something like that. Whatever the job spec is you're looking for, or the, the job description, you can look through hashtags and find people who might be a candidate and identify them that way. So th- th- those are the tips I would I, that I mean, I wrote an article on it. Um, if you're leveraging social to find candidates to fill the roles, do you have any thoughts about that, sir? Yeah, no, those, those are great. I mean, definitely the hashtags is, is important. And, um, you know, also with social, what I like to do is ask other people to share. So sometimes that's how you can even reach, you know? Um, and so when you talk about, you know, building your network and then ask them to share and you're going to reach more people and get more, uh, potential applicants that way. Yeah. So you're tapping into someone else's network. Uh, yeah. That's that's a great addition on there. So thank you for sharing that. Um, after someone is uh, looking on social to or looking to post that job description, uh, can you uh, share the next step or two down the path of hiring for you know making your first couple hires? Definitely. So after you've shared that, you're going to have people, you know, inquiring. So uh, if you told them to email you, um, you will have needed to include a line in that uh, in that job listing on how they could contact you. And so give people a few days. I usually set a timeline. So let's say you want to give people, you know, five days to respond. Then you would want to go through those responses um, and just see uh, who, what who the top ones are. So gather your uh, gather your information compile it in a, in a spreadsheet, if that's how you work best, um, and pick out your top ones, depending on how many you have, uh, you know, pick your top three to five. And then what? And <laughs> then you're going to want to set up interviews. So again, you can keep it simple. Um, you will, I like to, like I said, pick three, if, if that's, the most you have, you know, I like to do the interview, the top three and, and hire from those and set up an interview plan for 30 minutes. Uh, you want to ask everybody the same questions and you want to ask them questions relevant to what you're hiring for. So let's say you have, you want somebody to be um, answering, answering your emails in your inbox and doing scheduling for your calendar. One of your questions might be, you know, can you tell me a little bit about your experience managing somebody's inbox? Um, have there ever been any challenges with this? Uh, you know, asking a question if they've worked remotely, what their experience has been with that. So thinking of what questions you can ask 
um, that relate to the situation um, and the job you're hiring for. And then, like I said, make sure you um, ask the same questions to everybody and schedule. I like to schedule those interviews like within a week so that when I do the interview, I can tell them, you know, hey, I'm doing interviews this week. I'll be following up by the end of the week. Um, And then that way you can make your decision. They oftentimes applicants will want to know your timeline. So uh, if you can communicate that with them and then um, that way it keeps you moving forward too. It gives you a, a deadline to be meeting as well. I think as the 101 episode, I think that's good. I think that's quite a bit of steps that we reviewed because I want to do a 201 episode where we'll talk about mistakes and what you Mm -hmm. do when you first, and they're onboarded and when you have someone in the company um, and it does work or it doesn't work and how to manage them. And I know you have great tactical steps for that. So we'll save that for the part two of this episode, but to wrap up with today and not overwhelm the listeners. Do you have any other thoughts or stories to share, maybe from our program and, and our clients that we, you know, you've worked with that we've seen where they've done a great job at the beginning of this, or maybe they, they've kind of fallen short? Anything you want to share that you think would be helpful for dietitians to learn from? Yeah, I think if I was to think of anything that's happened with any of our clients, uh, you know, one example I can think of was where they brought somebody on that didn't really have a regular meeting with them, didn't really work with them very much. And so the person they hired was felt kind of lost and it just didn't work out. And so then you've got to like start the hiring process over. Um, And so that definitely goes into what you need to do after hiring, but it's important to support them as they're learning. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that I've seen as a client of ours who thinks that, you know, everything's going great um, with the person that they hired, um, but that person might outgrow that position yeah. and there's no conversation or understanding of the next step. Um, and again, we're getting a little into 201 here because uh, retaining staff yeah. and, and, and a position is different. Well, it goes hand in hand with hiring. Um, but I think that striking that balance between communication and being aware of the person you're hiring, but then also giving them space can be challenging. It yeah, can be really definitely. challenging. Um, okay. Anything else uh, that you, I mean, I, I think we would be remiss to not mention the mindset involved with hiring. So you've broken down the steps. You've made yep. it clear. We've talked about how important it is to have some type of a job spec. I made a joke that I see entrepreneurs at very <laughs> high levels. I'm talking like millionaires, people who are seven and eight figure earners that don't have job descriptions. I know that that mortifies you, but I do see it in my community. Uh, so uh, um I would say what I see the most in our clients, and this is mm-hmm. at, the, at the beginning level or when they f- do it, decide, Hey, I don't want to work over 40 hours or I'm doing this on the side and I still work a clinical job yeah. and for me to quit my clinical job. I need to have a virtual assistant, whatever it might be. The biggest thing I see is the mindset um, uh, yeah. and the struggle with thinking that we are worthy of hiring somebody else or typically as women, most of our clients are women. They uh, struggle with just delegation. So any, yeah. any other thoughts you want to share? Cause we'd be remiss to not talk about mindset, right? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, yeah, the biggest thing I see is that, um, maybe, you know, the mindset that somebody else can't do it as good as, as you can. And so it's something to be aware of. There's a lot that would be an episode on its own <laughs> to talk about how to, um, how to deal with that because you've got to learn how to let go and, um, and trust and realize that somebody may not do it the same way, but that doesn't mean it's not as just as good. Um, So, uh, and it goes into, you know, processes and other things too, that you are, that are helpful to make sure that they are able to do the the role well. So, 
Yeah. With mindset, I think just asking yourself what, what am I, what fears come up? What is it that um, bothers me when I think about hiring somebody and uh, spend some time reflecting and journaling and thinking of how you can work through those. Yeah. And, and you don't have to do this alone. Uh, for the listeners here, you do not have to do this alone. This is a uh, really important process in your business. And it's really wonderful when you make those first few hires and uh, you can do this with support. And and we're definitely here for you to support you in this journey, not only with hiring, but also managing when that person is in the role um, so that you can uh, reach the goals in your business and you can work the amount of hours that you want. And I I do want to mention to bring this full circle I don't know if I mentioned the importance of hiring, because if you don't, even if you don't want to make six figures, although many of you do, even if you want this to be a business where you're a solopreneur, uh, if you win, you have people helping you with, let's say, administration, or maybe they're helping you with content creation, designing in Canva, or maybe posting on social, some of the tasks that don't bring you joy, don't fill you up, and that go outside, they bleed outside of your um, work hours per week. The sooner that you can get help, the sooner that you can help more people and live your best life and live a flexible life, which is the goal of many of our clients. They want to have financial freedom and they want to have flexibility. And in order to achieve those things, you you really can't do it alone. I'm not saying you need a staff of 10, but you have to like definitely make your first hire or two, whether that's a virtual assistant or maybe a bookkeeper or a second virtual assistant. Or if you're, you know, thinking uh, you want a larger business, it might end up being another coach. Those are typically the some of the first hires we see. Yeah. Anything that you want to add to this conversation, any shares or reflections, or uh, you, you want to wrap it up and we'll, uh, we'll kind of dive into more in the 201 episode. Um, I think that the only thing I would wrap up with is what I started in the beginning about seeing people hire someone they just love. I know when you're doing interviews, yep. it can be easy to interview somebody and be like, oh my goodness, I love this person. Like we can be great friends. You want to like the person you're hiring but if you, if you feel like you're so similar to each other and that's one thing you like, they're probably not going to be a good hire because they're, they're not going to have skill sets. Um, you want somebody that kind of compliments you, not that has the exact same skill set. Yeah. So this is, uh, again, like you mentioned delegation and letting go could be a whole other episode. This topic, I'm glad you brought it up. And this is a a great episode where we're, we're really getting to the root of some, some big issues with entrepreneurs. Um, the problem that I have with that topic of hiring people you like is that innately it's kind of unfair as well, because you do want to hire, like you said, uh, we're naturally going to be gravitated towards people that have similarities towards Mm -hmm. us. And that's not always a very inclusive practice. And so when you think about your values and you might not have values yet, um, at, at this stage, if you're making your first couple hires, and that's okay, that's something that you can integrate later on in your journey. But you do uh, really want to think about hiring people. I would say, in, in in my experience, like you said, that compliment you, and that takes a lot of self awareness. Um, so you might not naturally be gravitated towards somebody um, that isn't a people person, and maybe they're really good at, let's say administration and content, but they don't have the same people skills as you. And that doesn't mean you don't want to hire them. That that means they right. could 
in fact, be fantastic for that role. And I think again, it goes to like the business background and a lot of like dietitians that don't have business experience, which is all the listeners, right? Cause you have to get it by doing it. Um, mm-hmm. th- those, th- those are some really high level concepts, right? To be able to accept other personalities yeah. and embrace them and be able to respect somebody, but that doesn't mean they're exactly like you. Um, so that those are, those are some challenging topics. Yeah. So what, what tips would you give to somebody who doesn't want to hire just who maybe shouldn't hire based on likability should hire based on skill? How do you, what tips can we give the listeners to take and, and take it you know, practically put into action? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you do want them, like I said, you do want to like the person that you're, you're hiring, you're going to be working together. Um, but as far as practical tips, you know, look at their experience. Do they know how to use some of the software you use? Do they have experience, um, administrative experience? If that, if those things match what you're looking for, um, then, uh, it's, it's going to be a much better situation than if you just hire the person that you're so similar and it's like, Oh, this is going to be so fun. This is amazing. Um, they're just like me. You just want to make sure that they have, they match the experience that you need that you put in that job description. But, but what about personality? So you mentioned skill, <laughs> but we got to talk. I mean, we have to touch on personality. <laughs> yes. Yes. What do you mean specifically though, regarding? Well, I, I feel that, um, and I don't think this is always true, but unfortunately people who aren't as sociable mm. or they might not have as much people skills, they get the short end of the right. stick a lot. And I don't think that's necessarily fair. Um, but if we're talking likability, um, to me, that bleeds into personality. And so if you have someone who's maybe more quiet um, or insecure or not as social, or maybe they're intimidated, um, how do you make decisions to still be fair? And, and how do you factor in skill and personality? So I'm usually making a decision, which this goes into more of the advanced, but I've already had them do some projects. And so I'm making a decision based off of their work. Um, not, you know, not them as an individual, uh, as far as personality. And so I rate the, the work to see how it matches with what I need. And then when I go to do interviews, I'm looking for things like, did they show up on time? Are they, are they, are they pleasant? Um, are they asking any questions? Um, so as far as if they're not a people per those things never really crossed my mind. Um, so for the, for people who aren't implementing something more advanced and their they personality can factor in to hires that do and don't work. What yeah. would you recommend to somebody who's making their first or second hire? And maybe there's a personality conflict, or is that something that you can filter or it's just something that people have to just give a shot and, and see how it goes. Uh, it's just a case by case situation um, because it's really going to depend on how that person handles themselves and communicates. You know, my suggestion would be to, to communicate um, and talk through things. Um, okay. Just see how it goes. <laughs> All right. Uh, my, my tips would on that note would be, yeah, working on your uh, interpersonal skills, which is a lifelong journey. Um, and I think that it personality is super important. Um, and it's also, there are personality tests people can take, uh, which you don't necessarily have to do at the beginning level, but, um, I do think it's important to just, uh, I guess, communicate, right. And ask people how they're feeling and what you can do to try to set a better environment up for them in that yeah. role. Um, 
All right. So for the 101, um, I hope this was helpful for, for everybody here listening. If you're not in a position yet to make your first hire, uh, realize that this is the journey you will go down because if you don't want to do all of the work, which many of you don't, and if you want to segment the tasks that you're doing in your company and you want to get help and identify what areas you are not the best at or you don't love, um, hiring can really help you do that. Ultimately, hiring in your company will help you help more people and increase the profitability in your business. Well, it can uh, if you're able to um, have people help you get stuff done faster um, yeah. and really uh, expand your ability to make an impact. Um, thank you, Sarah, for your skills and expertise. And for the listeners here, make sure that you check out our 201 episode where we give examples of more intermediate hiring for those of you that already have a staff and are looking to hire more or you've made bad hires and you're looking to replace them. We are so excited to offer you support in our various programs. If you identify as a beginner and you're looking to lay down the foundations, our society program might be a great fit for you. I encourage you to go to dietitianboss.com under group coaching and apply for our experience, our transformative experience based off of my proprietary system called the Dietitian Boss Method. Additionally, we offer a higher level program called Executive to help you hire and manage a staff as you expand and scale your program, whether you're offering a membership, course, group programming, private coaching, or a combination of various different offerings. We're here to help you on your journey with developing processes and implementing the operational foundation that you need to reach your goals. A lot of our clients want to work 20 hours or less a week, and we're so proud to say that we've helped them achieve that goal, and you'll hear their stories on this podcast. Make sure to stay tuned and apply if you're looking for support to get there faster and meet some colleagues along the way who share your same growth mindset.